Do you see footsteps and then like just a trail down the middle? <laughs> Alan King's balls. <laughs> and that's when I carried the balls. Yeah. <laughs> well, shall we? Uh, shall we, gentlemen? Shall we start? This was. Have we, have okay. we, have we, oh, we're recording. I know that. Yeah. I think we're warmed up. Seth. Yeah, I'm ready. Do you want? Do you want to lead it off? Yeah, sure. Great. Hey everybody, welcome to the final, the 12th and final episode of Strike Force 5. Let's meet our hosts, our cast. He's a graduate of Northwestern University and in 2011 gave a commencement speech that many said was the best they'd ever heard until 2016 when another graduate who will remain unnamed stole his thunder. Please welcome Stephen Colbert. Thank you, Seth. You're welcome. A man who cut his teeth at Northwestern University's Meow Show, mm -hmm. but is beloved by dozens as the winner of Bravo's 2004 Celebrity Poker Showdown. Yep. They call him Snake Eyes. He's Alexi's husband, <laughs> Seth Myers. All accurate. Came down to me and Dave Navarro, you guys. The best part... <laughs> about doing a podcast with him is when it ends and he drops the British act and goes back to his real Midwestern accent, the pride of Naperville, Illinois, John Oliver. Hey, how you doing? I'm from the Midwest. Oh, That's Naperville. That's exactly Naperville. So you you is like that Gary, Indiana? What oh, was that? What were you just doing? Yeah, I'm from Gary. Uh, you, do, you know the do you know the Jackson 5? <laughs> a man who started as a computer science major at the College of St. Rose but went on to fame and fortune as the co-star of the hit movie Fever Pitch. Wait till they say my name before you clap. No, you get two for this. He's Nancy's yeah. husband. It's Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Double clap. Thanks. Oh, and do nice I have the next one? Do I still have the next one, Seth? Because there's an Yeah, you do. We did this. Here. We went okay. the wrong way. Okay, man. <laughs> this is the first time we've had co-hosts and we're off to a great start. A man named by Time Magazine in 2018 as one of the 100 most influential people, most likely due to the work on the hit late night show, Win Ben Stein's Money. He's Molly's husband, Jimmy Kimmel. Thank you. It's actually a game show, but yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're so serious about it. Yeah. You're so serious you about the legacy that of that so show. so seriously. That oh, was yeah. really... That was really a that was a serious I, show. I was on when anyone do win Ben Stein's money. No, no, I was a fan though. You were on when Ben Stein's money. Yeah, I was on when Ben Stein's money. I might have won Ben Stein's money. Was I the co-host at that time? Yeah, you were. You were there, and it was oh. three of us. I think from the Daily Show came and we played for charity. Wow, I have to look that. Oh, geez. I have no and memory. Of and I'm sorry. In your head, this is better or worse than Bravo Celebrity Poker. <laughs> <laughs> what was Bravo Celebrity I wasn't Poker? on Celebrity Poker. Bravo Celebrity Poker, it was you would actually play poker. You would have to win your table of five, and then you'd go to the next table of five. So I had to win. I had to win twice. It was a big deal. It was a hundred grand for charity. But what um, was your charity? Uh, the Jimmy Fund, which is thank uh, you very the much. Boston thank Red you, Sox. God. Yeah, we appreciate it. Fuck, I can't believe I didn't see that coming. <laughs> You guys very dicey. What did you spend your fifty grand on, Kimmel? <laughs> I spent it on other Jimmys. I gave it to a series of other Jimmys. Yeah. I bought Jimmy Walker a mobile home just outside of Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And that's how you Jimmy. That's right. 
Okay, you? gentlemen, how was your first night back? Strike is over. Now we're we're all we're all working again. Yeah. This is this is why this is the end of the Strike Force Five for now. How was your first night back or first day? Or like talk talk about the process of re-entering. Steven, you said I was interested to hear that you said you were feeling really nervous about it. I was, yeah. And had to do something very foolish to kind of shake those nerves off. I forgot what I did. What you did got I on do? a dolphin, a fiberglass I dolphin. I needed the thing that, to get over the nervousness of it. I had to do the stupidest thing I could think of. So for our cold open, we, we they established that I was on a rowboat 2,700 miles from New York. And a dolphin came and gave me my daily news update. That's that's what we established. He talked and, to you? And then I jumped on his back and I rode the dolphin. And then we parked it in New York on a pile of garbage out front of the Ed Sullivan Theater. Is that something, a decision you made this one time? Or is that something you regularly do to get over nervous situations? Because it's kind of brilliant. Yeah, well, I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. And the waterways around there just are just teeming with friendly cetaceans who John, understand how to John, calm do your impression of people from uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Oof. That's not <laughs> it at all. It's A. A. How you doing? I'm, I'm from Charleston, from, South Carolina. I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. Carolina. Pizza. Yeah. You guys hey. want some grits? You guys I want wanted some grits? to, uh, I shut up to work and, and was immediately confronted by my writers and because of what they said, I want to issue a mea culpa about something I said in a previous episode of this show. Oh. Steven was talking about cutting a joke, and I said, oh, you cut a lot of jokes? Implying that we don't. And every writer, no, you, when I came back... I specifically back, asked you, you don't cut any jokes in your monologue? And you said, never. Yeah. So maybe imply was too soft a word for what I did. <laughs> I took a real high road. And I just want to say that I showed up, and every one of my writers was like, we cut jokes all the time. What are you talking about? Did you not know this? I I think I didn't quite know the extent, but I <laughs> I certainly was never in a position to, to get on the high horse the way I did. And in fact, uh, a joke went so bad my first show back that uh, Sal Gentile actually did this the Stephen Scissors uh, gesture to me from off camera to let me know exactly. Oh, I thought my producers were saying peace. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> So I'm sorry. I don't think any of my uh, staff or writers have listened to this podcast. Did they know about it? No. I was on Stephen's show tonight, and uh, we fired Strike Force 5 t-shirts out of t-shirt cannons into the audience, and the first one I fired was right into the face of a woman in the front row. It hit her in the <laughs> first face. First of all, how so... do you know not to fire a t-shirt cannon flat at somebody well, about 15 feet away because when, when i practiced yeah. with it it was like, it was a little cool. bit disappointing so i didn't think it was going to come out that far so i thought i'll just make sure it gets to someone it came out dead straight hit her straight in the face she put her hand over her face and for for about two seconds i was begging begging for when she moved her hands back just there not to be blood there it really <laughs> felt like i could have just broken her nose with a strike force 5 t-shirt which really feels like the perfect end would we to all get the, sued the for that piece of, if that's, that I, were to happen, would we all be liable or would it just be you, John? No, I think it's just Stephen. That's on Stephen's. You should never put that in my hand. I that's did on actually him. give you I did give you the T-shirt cannon. 100% his fault. Nothing to do with audience. me. Colbert, did you make the joke? Did you say it's like opening a spirit Halloween on November 1st? I'd, I'd like to think it was I me, think but I, I think it might have been I think I might have said that. Yeah. Seth, that was yeah. great. That was such yeah. I said it, but then I cut it. And then I said it. Louder. <laughs> and then I left it in because I don't cut jokes. <laughs> yeah, it's a great joke, man. Do, do we, we've done so many 
jokes, by the way, on this thing that I listened to one of them the other day, and I, I, Nancy was like, you guys made like a hundred jokes, and you don't really laugh at each other's jokes, really, all the time. Like, yeah, every joke I go, a lot of people just, a lot of comedians just kind of don't. You just keep going with the jokes. And Jimmy, so, I promise you, I laughed at every one of your jokes I thought was funny. <laughs> but you didn't laugh at Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, what about really... was there anything that you forgot that you do at the job after yeah. five months? Because I found myself skipping meetings that are vital to running the show. Like there were people just waiting. They just thought I would remember that at eleven o'clock I'm supposed to be in with Lauren and Tom. Yeah, I and, did. We have a Slack channel and they post all the videos and I'm supposed to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down or notes on various videos that come throughout the day. And I totally forgot about it shortly before the monologue. They're like, Hey, um, you might want to check the slack. And there were like 27 videos there for me to look at. I had to write everything. I can't remember anything I used to do is they forgot to send our band out on stage. Our announcer, our warm-up guy was out there like alone. Like your house like, band? Didn't yeah. Go yeah, out? I'm walking out to stage, and my, my buddy, who's the band leader, Cleto, goes, is, is he, they're running to stage. And they said they forgot to tell us to come down. I found Seth. I found what Seth said in that episode. I went into the transcript of the episode about Seth saying he doesn't oh, cut Jesus jokes. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's man, cut, I, 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 say, I, I cut a couple of oh, weeks, probably. A couple oh, of weeks. And weird. he said, interesting. And mm -hmm. I said, do you guys never cut monologue jokes? And I think Kimmel might have said, I feel like I should be punished for them. Yep, yep. Yes. Yes. Seth goes, almost never. Yeah. And I said, wow. And then you said, yeah, never. Yeah. I mean, I feel like okay. you could take it a bunch of different ways. I was, I was vague on purpose. And by the way, Seth will probably cut this out of this podcast. No, I'm going to leave it in. Oh, I'm going to leave it okay. in. You know what? I own this. <laughs> you know and what? 11 episodes was enough, guys. The tw the 12 really, mm -hmm. I have to be honest. I was coming in here feeling very sad about this. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, gosh, I wonder if we'll have like, we'll ever have Zooms again. And, mm. and now I'm realizing that that was the perfect number. Really, 11 was the number we should have ended at. Well, I didn't think this was going to turn into the, the Truth and Reconciliation Committee for the previous This 11. has been the most snipey of all the podcasts. And it's but, the last by one. I'm wearing my Fallon shirt. And I, I yeah. feel like I... I came in with a lot of support because, again, I tried to get a late night. Yeah, that's a great one. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's a, really a rare one. one. That's yeah. a rare, yeah. I, don't I like this one. They, no, you it. and Jimmy are getting along. It's just you're fighting yeah. with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this I is feel emotional. like I came out uh, for my monologue on uh, Monday and I talked uh, too loud and too fast. I just kind of forgot that I was properly mic'd and I felt like <laughs> I was just screaming at the audience because I just had... <laughs> I was, it was bad. I managed to uh, bring myself back down, but it was, I got off to way too hot out of the gates. I was trying not to get emotional. I thought the, the crowd was, everyone was clapping and stuff. And I just missed everything. So I was oh, trying. Your, your crowd was clapping. Mine just kind of looked at me. They're like, uh, oh yeah, there you are. <laughs> I started to lose my voice. Like even after rehearsal, I went, oh, wait a second. I normally have like brass throat, but I, I realized, because I'm trying, I'm speaking, I know I'm Mike, but I'm speaking to Phil the Ed Sullivan, and I wasn't prepped for it. You can hear it right now, because I got good, I got good uh, radio voice, because I'm about to lose it, my voice. Are we, you know are we ready to say goodbye? This is episode 12. This is, this is it. There's yeah, no more. I don't think like of this as goodbye. Think of this as, we will never talk to each other again. <laughs> That's better. Fuck. That's better. That cold, oh, no, man. it's back to the vicious... <laughs> Oh. Like knife fight that is late night. Because let's face it, late night wars, you guys. Yeah. Right? Oh, That's what we live for. Yeah, the stakes are higher than ever. Oh, that yeah. could be a new podcast. 
Late Night Wars. Yeah. Okay. What would sure. be the sound effect? A howitzer. Somebody was mentioning that now with AI, this podcast could continue. We've got enough of our voices to sample and keep going and, you know, yeah. might be funnier. Who knows? You could be AI right now. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. One of us could be AI and none of us know it. My Do You Jimmy shirts. I, I, I got to get one of those for you guys. I really, that's going to be my parting gift to each of you. I would genuinely love a Do You Jimmy shirt. I would love a Do You Jimmy shirt. I need one, Once too. Once I get through all of the Strike Force 5 t-shirts. Yeah. They are for sale, by the way, on strikeforce5.com. Yes, they are. They are strikeforce5.com. We sold it. Actually, we've actually sold a lot. We, we joke. We laugh. And it's fun. But we've actually sold thousands. We've, uh, we, it's actually, it's actually, it's pretty hot. But were we joking? <laughs> we have sold think, thousand. Yes, I thank believe you. thousand. We have sold thousand. Now there are going to be sticklers about what we say in the podcast. I'm gonna, okay, now I'm going to get the saddest the part of it out. I'm getting the stats out here. Is I think we all, as a group, assumed that we'd sold no T-shirts because none of us actually asked the T-shirt people. Yeah. Until today, I asked the T-shirt people because they were apparently, I made a joke on the air on Monday night where I'd be giving these away for Christmas 2045. We have so many of them left over. And they said, a lot of people think that you're giving these away for free now. And they keep writing us saying, Jimmy said we could have them for free, which I did not say. And then I said, well, how many did we sell? Apparently, they're on the third printing of these shirts because we have sold them all. Second printing of the hat, third printing of the shirt. That's what yeah. Did yeah. we know that? And did we just assume that no one wanted our shirts? I think we made a calculation about whether those shirts should be desirable, came to the correct conclusion, no. And people <laughs> have made a bad choice. And I'm very grateful for that. John pointed out on the show tonight that green is just a color that anyone can wear. Oh, it's a fantastic color. I think that's yeah. the, it's the easiest, easiest color to wear. And also the easiest color to superimpose anything on top of in a TV sense. It's a massive mistake. <laughs> Weathermen can't wear this, uh, that T-shirt. No, though. First guests. Who was your, who was everybody's first guest back? Mine was Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. <laughs> not Roger not Travis Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Travis Schwarzenegger. Uh, I had uh, McConaughey. Oh, that's quality. Rooster. Uh, yeah, Rooster was not there, but McConaughey was on uh-huh. fire. Did the, you guys dude, just JK JK living it? Dude, JK living it, dude, and JK learning it too. He just <laughs> did, did he give you the green light? I got the green light, and I got the just because. And that's that was uh, it was uh, it was it was great. It was like it was just honestly. It, Is the that guy Carl just... Perkins making a return to the show? <laughs> no, that was Carl? my impression of uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that'd be. What would it be like if those two met, though, Jimmy? Well, let me. Try. I can't do Carl. <laughs> now I'm so famous for my Carl Perkins impression that I can't cross the street. You can't. Carl yeah. Perkins was the audition you did that got you SNL, wasn't it? Yo, man, yo, two Carl Perkins, dude. I go, just let me live. Can't I just go into the office? I go, just. I go, uh, I can't. I'm sorry, but buddy. now I'm working on a McConaughey, and I'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he just McConaughey. Needs a one night, one night, I interviewed him when he was coming on to talk about his bourbon or something, his wild turkey. And I really, I mean, it's a tasty turkey, but I really like aviation gin. That might be my favorite. It's a good. Yeah, that might be gin. my favorite. Yeah. Oh, out of the bourbons? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but Avi- McConaughey what? was on, and in the commercial break, he turned to me and he goes, you like me. <laughs> and it's true. I do like him. But wow. he, just he felt, felt it. it necessary to name it. And I've, it felt really intimate. Like, this is going somewhere. That's how it felt. 
I'm still waiting to find out where it's going. I hope it's I going know to we, Texas. Uh, we, we've name dropped Steve Higgins a few times. When McConaughey was at SNL the first time, Higgins asked him to record a story he wanted to tell in the monologue. And so McConaughey recorded like a 20-minute story about his dad on a, a voice note that Higgins has. And once a year, Higgins leaves me a voicemail where he just plays it. <laughs> and so I get a voicemail, and I'm like, what's going on? And then you just hear, because it's kind of quiet, and it's like, I remember my dad said, and you're just like, what? <laughs> oh, it's the, it's the old McConaughey story. It takes up my whole voicemail box. <laughs> Higgins does the best bits ever. Do you remember when he had Kenward was in the office, and he, it was right when they invented cell phones with cameras. That's how many years back it yes. They had phone uh, cameras on the phones. And, and he's like, I'm trying to look for this email. And Eric Kenward's a great writer and um, a producer on Saturday Live. And he, he was like, uh, uh, it's probably in your files. So he goes over to Steve's computer to try to help him. And he's like, I can't see it. Are you sure you sent this email? He's like, yeah, I sent it to, the, uh, to that address, to that desktop. He's like, well, where is it? And as he's doing it, he finally finds this file pops up and he clicks and he double clicks. He opens it. And it's a picture of him trying to find Higgins' email. But Higgins is behind him giving him the finger. <laughs> so stupid, but God, that made me laugh. It was at the perfect time in technology where that joke was funny, brand new. Seth, first guest? First guy, we didn't have one the first night, and then we had Tracy Morgan uh, tonight as our first guest. And uh, but that's right, the first night you did a, a closer look for forty-five I did. minutes. I did, yeah, I did. We did a. And full... how did that feel? Is it something you're going to do often? I don't know if we'll do it often. It felt great. <laughs> uh, first act felt great. Second act a little bit worse. Third act a little bit worse than that. And I would say by the, by the fourth act, the audience was like, okay, <laughs> we could have used one famous person. Welcome <laughs> to my fucking world, sir. <laughs> but exactly. you tell them the difference. Welcome though, Seth. to my the world. The difference, John, is I go. We'll be right back, so everybody has to stop. <laughs> That's but, and then they think, oh, when we come back, certainly there'll be some change of yeah. tone or yep. game, yeah. or there'll be some furtherance of this. And Speaking it's just of we'll be right back. Talking. Should we go to a commercial? From yeah, the, let's go to a commercial. And after I tell you who my first guest was, thanks a lot, Jimmy. <laughs> What's Everyone else gets to tell Seth? who their first guest is. It's only polite, and I have a co-host in Seth, no, who was no. supposed to be like a you know, cliffhanger. You want He's people to, to keep listening? Okay, fine. I won't. Nobody can't because we have another reveal at the end of the, the commercial break. Okay, it sorry, was Neil deGrasse Tyson. Sorry, it was Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes, it was Neil deGrasse Tyson. Did you think it was a do anything? I never get to have any fun. No, because I'm the oldest man on this call. Neil deGrasse. Neil deGrasse. It was Neil deGrasse Tyson. Who is? We should go to a commercial on our show and just check in see you sponsor. Well, you know, one of our. No, 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 no. I don't want your pity. No, all right. No let's, gonna uh, give you... let's go to our let's go to our first commercial. Yeah, I, I mean, I should. I think we should, since this is our last show. Start by thanking our our sponsor, Mint Mobile, and our uh, friend Ryan Reynolds, who really he's been unbelievable. Played a Every... huge role in making yeah. this possible, and what he did for our staff too. And sent that's right, Jordan. Everyone was so grateful for that. They uh, really the guys on. Anyways, all right. Let's let's play it. Let's hear from Ryan. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with one final message for all five of you. I speak, of course, about the five people who still tune into this podcast. I know that I've had some fun at the expense of our hosts these past few weeks, and honestly, I was, I was mostly kidding about being hurt because they never invited me on, but I never wanted to see the podcast get canceled after only 12 episodes. 12 episodes. That's just embarrassing. So, you know, rather than 
come up with some way of burning them and they figure out their next move while also telling you that Mint Unlimited Premium Wireless is just $15 a month for a limited time. I want to tell you how it ends for the members of the Strike Force. That's right. It's a series epilogue brought to you by Mint Mobile, who likes ending high prices in wireless. Steven, unable to face his family after the humiliation of podcast rejection, moves to Nicaragua, where he spends the rest of his days searching for that ever-elusive matching dictator shirt. The Jimmies change their name to the Flying Jimmies and perish in a horrific trapeze accident before a small but bored audience in Eastern Europe. Seth spends the rest of his career doing lucrative ads for a non-Mint Mobile brand wireless service just to hurt me, and honestly, it works. While John... What? No. Actually, John makes it. Yeah, no, John, he's okay. He's thriving, even. I, I, didn't, I didn't see that coming either. <laughs> so, for the final time on this final show, go to mintmobile.com slash strikeforce to learn how you can get Mint Unlimited for $15 a month for a limited time. And back to you, annoyingly talented and disturbingly generous sons of bitches. That's... The great Ryan Boy, You know what? what we a, if that guy were here right now... You know, it was always kind of just I would planned. give him a piece of my mind. Yeah, I love yeah. stopped at 11, guys. You really should have stopped at 11. What? What? Is that still the end? What? No, this what? isn't the... Uh, no, I'm not reading the legal. Uh, I'm still here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Reynolds has joined us. Wait, I'm God. sorry. Ryan, have you been doing all these, <laughs> these ads live during our podcast? Yes, of course. Anything for Strike Force 5. You know what's the worst part? Is that I'm the son of Tammy Reynolds, my mom, who's just a super active listener. So I didn't realize there was a what? mute button. So this whole time, everything was just big facial expressions every time you guys said something. Oh! <gasps> we didn't oh, even have you, wow. you up on screen. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, this is yeah. unbelievable. Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Wow, what an it's, a curse. it's a curse. You, so that means you sit for the whole, like, 40 minutes before your ad rolls? Yeah, this podcast is the darkest crease in the anus of the universe. I, uh, I've, today, tonight is my 12th death. Uh, I'm well past any cat. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a... Because yeah. when you're here live, you can't listen at 1.5. No, no, yeah. absolutely not. This is a Sisyphus type stuff. That rock is just, you know, five <laughs> angry middle-aged comedians falling on top of me. Ryan... Do you Every remember that time. time you texted or emailed me accidentally thinking it was Jimmy Fallon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the apologies that followed. They were, they oh, were, they God, were, they were flowing. They were, they were, they, it was like, it was, I, the apologies were so intense. It was just a scope short of giving you an actual Canadian passport. <laughs> was, Do you I remember what you were so saying? So terrible. Well, because Jimmy Fallon lives in New York. I live in New York. I, I see him a lot. Our you know our kids hang out. It's a you know yeah. And so it was such an for me it was a bit of an odd medium because I think it was like on like DM or something. Maybe yeah, possibly yeah. yeah. And, and and yeah, that's how I, I that's how I felt. So so auto automatically I should have known better. It's like who talks like this on DM? No one. No. <laughs> No one. Absolutely no one. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible. I could do a live reading of that one night. Michael Keaton was once on my show and he said there was a guy named Cooper who made him a saddle and he texted, he was texting with Cooper about how much he liked the saddle and he realized like two hours into it, he was texting Bradley Cooper, who was very, <laughs> who was very politely saying, oh man, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you like your saddle. 
<laughs> Do you know the Tom Hanks story where he was getting, he got a text from Bruce Springsteen and he was driving? Do you know the story? No. Okay, he, he was driving and he got a text from Bruce Springsteen. He goes, Tom, do you want to do you want to play tonight? Uh, at the, um, we're doing the Dodger Stadium or something. And he's like, I almost drove my car off the freeway. I freaked out. I go, wait, what am I gonna play? Like, I don't. I mean, I, I sure. I mean, I can. Yeah, I mean, I will think of something, and uh, you know, well, this will be. Yeah, of course, I'll think of something, and I'm in. I will play. Blah blah. blah. And then an hour later, he got a text from Bruce. He goes, Sorry, that was for Tom Morello. Oh, <laughs> but I'll see you there. Oh, Dodger Stadium. I don't One of my co execs is Barry Julian, and I freak. I mean, way too many times I have uh, sent notes on a script to Barry Levinson. Oh, no. And he's like, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with these notes, but I don't know how to yeah. get it to the guy. <laughs> Not yeah, a good these, are choice. these are good cuts. Not a bad choice. Yeah, I like, I love Barry Levinson. I want it. Ryan, I have a question that we asked. We've asked over guests. What was your first talk show you were a guest on? God, the first one I was a guest on, I think it was, you know, I actually have a pretty good one here. I, I did Regis and Kathy Lee. Mm-hmm. And it was the episode, I was on the episode where it was right in the middle of that huge uh, Bill Clinton scandal. And I don't know if you guys remember where Kathy Lee was just, there was, she, she was not into him and it was a oh. tough situation all around when that happened. And she was going on to sing her, this big song. She was very, very nervous. She was warming up. She was all backstage, just completely, just a ball of nerves. And she was going to go on and sing one, uh, her new single, I guess, off of her, her new album. And literally, I'm not, you couldn't make this up. It was, they counted her in and a one, a two, a one, two, three, first breath. And they preempted her for Bill Clinton. <laughs> oh no. And, and I was backstage and Gelman, oh, who's no. the producer of the show said, no one tells her, no one tells her, no, no one says a word. No one says a word. Just no. walking around. Everyone, he, he pointed at like my publicist who's like, why would I tell her? I don't, I don't care. I'm tell, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, and then then the other, the next talk show I was on was also a doozy. It was McEnroe's last show. John oh. McEnroe's last show. Oh, we've talked show. about We talked a little bit this about show. this show. Yeah. And it didn't make air because he and I just got horrendously, bonelessly drunk on the, <laughs> on the show. Just shared a bottle and finished it. And and you, I guess you can't do, standards and practices, of course, don't allow you to, to do such things. So it never made it to air. That was my other um, early talk shows. Did you ever do Bruno Gerussi's Celebrity Chefs? Oh, I wish. <laughs> a Beachcombers reference. Steven. That was Letterman's first. He told that us was that was Letterman's first, first talk show. Was Bruno, Bruno Gerussi. Yep. Nobody's as juicy Toronto. as Bruno, Bruno Gerussi. Yes, of course. Oh, my God. That's great. That was like a Canadian icon. That was just me trying to find a way to make Juicy work with Gerussi. Okay, uh, uh, I want that oh, T-shirt. No, but he was you incredibly juicy, if, if you do ask me. I mean, Your face really lit up at the name Bruno Gerussi there, Ryan. It did, right? Because the name in itself is a conflict. Bruno's a real tough guy name, but Gerussi is like a hardworking, empathetic Italian man. The whole thing, none of it. And then Celebrity Chef also takes you in another direction. And the Celebrity Chef, and then, of course, the oversized cardigans. Just everything about him is approachably handsome. John, were you ever on Regis? No, but I interviewed him. He was my last guest when I was standing in for John Stewart when he was away. And I, oh, wow. he ended the he ended it. But I remember I went backstage to talk to him, and he wouldn't do it. I walked in, said, "Hey, Regis, nice to meet you." He went, "No, let's do it out there." And I went, "Okay, <laughs> okay, fine." <laughs> 
So, and then it gets to the end, he's been very, very funny, and he grabs me hard by the back of the neck, pulls my head down, and kisses me on the top of the head. Wow. And it was so weird, I have a photo of it on my wall in my office. <laughs> Because it oh. just felt like what 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 were you what message were you trying to send? It was almost like a, like a, the how to sing by a mafia hit. I'll yeah, ki- yeah. I'll kiss the guy on the top of his head, yeah. and he's the guy that you take out. I remember one time Letterman went to the booth for Monday Night Football back when uh, Frank Gifford was doing it, and he just did one of those. He's going to come up for you know one set of downs, and one point Letterman goes, "Oh, by the way, Frank Regis just called. He wants to know where the keys to the liquor cabinet are." <laughs> <laughs> One of the reasons I was so excited to talk to him was that I loved him whenever he was on Letterman. I just that, yeah. that dynamic was so uh, glorious to me. It's the greatest. Just, He's so good. I, I when I first started Saturday Night Live, I remember I was walking down the street and Regis was like maybe twenty feet ahead of me. And everyone was just going, Regis, hey, Regis, yo, Regis, and he's like, how you doing? Hello, how are you? Hello, hey, everybody. <laughs> That's a good doing? Regis. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and, uh, and I go, man, that's got to feel great. You know, you, you're walking in New York City, and everybody knows you, man. Like, it's got to feel like it's just so cool, and there's nothing even close to it. But when I went into work Monday, walking into work, and I got like five people going, yo, Jimmy, hey, you're back. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> I, of course, I was standing underneath the sign that said "Tonight Show." Sure, starting I noticed that. It doesn't I notice that. You it were out there again for hours, and I got. You just people. saw. I saw some of your people. interns wrangling people. They were yeah. going around saying, "Hey, do you want to go say hey, Jimmy?" To Jimmy, there was one intern that had like just a bad mustache on. Like, Jimmy, I love you. You're great. Hey, Jimmy, what if Carl Perkins met Regis Philbin? Go. Yeah. I'm real. How live was that show when you did that show? It, what do you mean? The whole show was live. It's called live. That's the name of the show. I don't know what that. What what part of it was taped and what part of it was live? The whole show. What? Who is this guy? I like Carl as a dullard. Yeah, I think the only wow. problem is that Regis wouldn't know who Carl Perkins is. I feel like he wouldn't have said who. Oh, was Regis would. Oh, 100%. Regis one hundred percent. No, Carl Perkins. Yeah, yeah. They'd 100%. be. They'd be you know, Regis had a thing before, again, before there were cell phones with cameras on them, probably even after the, there were, where he would come into a party for like four minutes with a Polaroid camera and take a whole bunch of pictures and say, Regis has to leave. And then he'd storm out of the party and then you'd see all the pictures on his show the next day. He was just out hunting <laughs> Wait, for would material. would Regis say Regis has to leave? Regis always referred to yeah, himself in the third person. And yes. I thought it was just an affectation, yeah. but... He told me that he, I forget who the athlete was. Regis he doesn't saw do some, this. Regis doesn't stay at a party <laughs> past eight o'clock. <laughs> he saw some athlete being interviewed and referring to himself in the third person, and he thought it was so funny. He started doing it, and then it became not even a joke. It just became what he did all the time. Yep. I forget after after I liked him so much. He then did some sports show on Fox Sports. And I went to see him before, yeah. and that, I said, how's this show going? He said, this show's a disaster for Regis. <laughs> it really was. Poor Regis. He ended he, that he, show. Yeah, he, gosh, he, I he, about he, that show. Back in the, in the old upfront days, the, the, I had a show on ABC back in 2000, I think it was, and they did the upfronts. And- Ryan, I'm sorry to tell you, they're not the old upfront days. We still have to go to that. <laughs> you still do the, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. You sorry, don't have sorry, to go. I, to you, I, they're uh, the old upfront days. We, we host them. 
Yeah, <laughs> new tax bracket for me, guys. Uh, but look, uh, uh, the, the point is, yeah. um, I, I remember my mom came with me, and 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 Tammy? Regis, yeah, Tam Tam, uh, mm-hmm. Regis took her uh, took her for a little walk around Bryant Park here in New York, and I'm telling you, she came back a changed woman. She was awakened. Wow. I mean, my yeah, that and that it's crush legendary. still still burns uh, ferociously to this day. He was, wow. uh, yeah, she's... Regis good- was a big football fan, and he used to, I was on Fox, the Fox NFL pregame show, and he saw, he li- he took a liking to me, and he actually asked them to book me on the show, and I was really excited, because like, wow, Regis knows who I am, this is, you know, very exciting, and he was effusive and really, like, showering me with compliments, except for, he thought my name was Brian, <laughs> and he kept calling me <laughs> oh, Brian. No. Brian, you're on with Terry and Howie, you're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it took and a little, little fun went with it. it? I, would never I, just, I did him. go with it. Yeah, never correct That's respect. Him. Respect. Our friend Jimmy and my friend Mike Schur married his daughter JJ Philbin, and Jimmy was saying that you go to their old apartment. It, he saved every book that anybody who was ever on a show gave him, oh. and they all inscribed it. And he said it's fascinating because everybody was so happy to give Regis one of their books. So they didn't just sign. You know, they all wrote like Regis things. <laughs> And uh, he goes, it's just an incredible collection of just the, the breadth of his career and, and how many people cross that guy's path is really amazing. Do you guys have that where you get a book signed by the author who's a guest on the show and then you can't really give it away? I hate to throw books away, <laughs> but you can't give it away because they're, you know, there's yeah. autograph and they're written to right. you sometimes with your last name on it. And yeah. that's the and last if you thing throw you them away. People will know that you did that. And yeah. you, you feel, ter- you feel terrible burning upon. them. There you go. Steve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 You can't burn uh, them, though. Do you, you guys ever go so far down the road with something you've agreed to, especially like a field piece, and then you go, oh, my God, I suddenly realize I don't want to do this. Because oh, yes. I kept on saying, like, yeah, that's about 60% of the way there. And I'm sure as the process unfolds, and with my own brilliant additions to this idea, mm-hmm. we're going to get it to 85%, and we'll discover that last 50% in the field. And then you realize it went from 60 to 43 <laughs> During the process, but the crew's been booked and you've been measured for the suit and you're about to like get on the, you know, like tomorrow yeah. you have to we, leave. I've canceled we, shit that we literally, people are like already in the location ready to shoot. I'm like, I'm not going. We never yeah. cancel. We never cancel anything. <laughs> really? Seth, you never cancel anything? Never. Almost never. never. Almost, 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 thank you, John. Almost, almost legally. Just always almost. give yourself that. <laughs> have you guys ever done a bit that was not offensive at all, at least in your opinion, wasn't offensive, but people got mad. Yeah. Well, I've done entire movies like, like that. That's <laughs> a monthly occurrence. Yeah. Yeah, What's your, what is the worst you've had, Ryan? What is the worst thing you've done that people have? Oh, I, I think you could go back to almost any movie I did in the late 90s, in the early 2000s, yeah. and each one of them would have resulted in a life. There's like four things, right? Each one yeah. has like four jokes that seemed fine yeah. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and you're, no. you're just like, whoa, that's no, yeah, yeah. no, no, can't do that. Yeah. I did have a joke once about marching bands, high school marching bands, and that is the angriest people on social media ever got. To the really? point that I then felt bad. It was because I think that, you know, they get it pretty hard <laughs> over the years. <laughs> and it's I punched down just a little. I felt like I punched down and I, I apologize. Mostly, but I also framed it as I'm, I'm afraid of my life. And then every, I, 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 as I walked so, home, I heard a tuba, like just a very soft tuba. I made the mistake of upsetting the entire city of Milwaukee once. 
I, it was during the convention in 2020 when the, I don't know, it was the Democrats or the Republicans, I can't remember who was in Milwaukee. And I have one of my writers is from Milwaukee, Gabe Gronley, he's a wonderful guy. He wrote like seven minutes of savage jokes about Milwaukee. And we don't have an audience. We don't know what's playing and what's not playing. We don't have, we don't have any gauge, only our internal minds, which are a dark place. And I loved all the jokes. We did them all. We had, and I think we had a robot that sort of contemplates ending it all because he ends up in Milwaukee at the end or something. And they were so mad. Like the mayor said something like they were so furious that I made these jokes about Milwaukee that I went, I went to Milwaukee to apologize to Milwaukee, but I had to go to a Brewers game to apologize. It was the Brewers game where they said, this is where you'll apologize. And then I said, okay, it's time to give your speech. I went and gave the speech and they said, they said, hey, go have a good time out there. And I said, you don't understand. 40,000 people are going to boo me when I walk on to that green grass. And I was probably shy of how many people it was. It was really absolutely brutal. But I pandered to them as hard as I could. I just did everything I could. I shit on Chicago, which they, the thing they loved more than oh, anything else should, was, was to shit on the Cubs. It you was double down. <laughs> it should have doubled down. Yeah, you, I don't on, know man. if you would have met forty-three thousand people just saying you suck. I, I owe I owe Detroit an apology. I, I made a joke in a film where I said I don't want to die young. I don't want to die next week. I want to live to a hundred and then die like the city of Detroit. <laughs> and uh, that's a quality joke. That's a good joke. Yeah, they know it's good. funny. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to use this opportunity right now to, to apologize to all the good people in Michigan. I, I had a similar Detroit thing with region. Detroit. I had to go do my show there for a week because they were so mad at me. We almost got canceled. It really, honestly almost canceled the show. It was after our first year, and the Lakers were playing the Pistons, and I said something to the effect of, which I probably shouldn't say again, but I said something to the effect of, you know, I'm rooting for the Lakers because I'm a Lakers fan, and also Pistons win. You hate to see them burn the beautiful city down, and they were very, very, very upset. And then the next night, I... I, yes, I did double down, and it, it was a cr absolutely crazy, crazy week. I was there for the whole week, and uh, just it was nuts. The first night, oh my god! One of the guys who works for us gave all the tickets away to like like clients of the local affiliate, and the and and everyone was even madder. It was just this crazy week where we had we dug ourselves into the deepest possible hole, and then somehow by the end of the week came out of it. John Oliver, total chaos agent, literally nodding the entire time. I love it. I love everything, of, just, everything yes. about that story. Sounds great. I mean, my, I think my favorite stand-up thing I've ever seen was when Bill Burr turns against that oh, Philadelphia audience. He just starts yelling. It's an outdoor festival. The outdoor they just booed not... somebody off stage, and yeah. he goes out, and he just like starts attacking the audience for how terrible a place Philadelphia and is. And he counts down how long he's got left. Yeah, so he's going to do the whole 15 minutes. Destroys, and then says 10 minutes left, and then keeps going. Yeah, <laughs> and he wins, them, he, how... he wins them over. Yeah, how, the, how, how racist they are because they have a statue to a... A fake boxer rather than the real world champion <laughs> yes. from that city. Yeah. It's I think I think WC Fields are the best Philadelphia joke ever told. You guys probably all know it, which is that oh, I spent I spent a I spent a year in uh, Philadelphia once. I, I think it was a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I mean, this guys. has been a such a joy.
Right. Thank you Reynolds. for your generosity, Ren. Yeah, yeah guys, unbelievable. Thank, Such thank a wonderful for, partner. Uh, in all seriously, thank thank you guys for your generosity. I mean, you just give donating all your time here to do this, and I think it's a, a really noble and beautiful thing you guys have done. And and I, and contrary to my my silly, stupid little ad, I am very sad that this is not continuing because it is an excellent podcast. And thank uh, you for now. Chatting with you guys, it's gone well, for now. Yeah. Yeah. When we Love. decided to do this. I called Ryan's partner, George Dewey, and I said, would you guys be interested in Aviation Gin sponsoring this podcast? And he said, yes, and we would also like to sponsor it through Mint Mobile. So luckily, Ryan owns a whole bunch of companies, and they really, I mean, you guys did so much more than we possibly could have asked. And I will tell you that our employees are very, very grateful, very grateful to you. We'll never forget. That was awesome, buddy. You're awesome, guys. I've already forgotten it, but. But yeah, we are. Already, I'll remind you. Sure. One here. I'll, I'll remind you. Sure. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, thank you so much, you guys. Thanks, Ryan. Thank, thank you very you much. Not a fan. Oh. No. Yeah. What, what was he obnoxious. in? Uh, it was obnoxious. I don't know. He was in he, your favorite superhero movie. <coughs> Green Lantern? They should reboot yeah. it, though. Yeah. They should reboot it. Was it was good. That. I don't know why they're doing all those uh, Deadwoods. Yeah, Is that Deadwood. the guy's name? Yeah. Yeah. The Green Lantern's a good guy. Green Lantern's handsome. Looks like Ryan Reynolds. Deadwood's all fucked up. <laughs> hey, do you guys do you guys ever talk to people on the phone? Um, yeah. yeah, I talk to I talk to people very rarely. I do. I'm driving. Yeah. I thought Stephen was calling me on the phone the other day, what and I, w- I went into our guest room because my wife had people over, and I answered the phone. All the lights were off, and then I realized Stephen was FaceTiming me, <laughs> and so <laughs> I had this really awkward thing. I had to then go turn the lights on. So. Steven saw me, like, to Steven, he just FaceTimed me and I answered in the dark. It was kind of upsetting. That's <laughs> where I am. I just, I'm sitting was, in a room when the in strike the was waiting over? for the phone to ring. That was last no, time that was last about night. how we were going to split up this little rodeo for tonight. Yeah. If you're wondering, if you're wondering why Steven and I are so in sync, we talked for half an hour Yeah, you guys night. really got this recycling. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. guys, this, is, this has been such a joy, you know? I think is it this over? is, I don't know if the, the episode's over, or, but I'll just say this now because then oh. we can always have Mike Chaffee move this somewhere later into an appropriate spot. I'd like to start off by saying, let's oh. hear from Mike Chaffee, the, the guy who edited oh, yeah. all of this, oh, yeah. Bravo, set all Mike. this up with all of Incredible. our equipment and everything. And just yeah. a delightful fella to spend some time yeah. with. I hope I hope I stay, I don't know about you guys, I hope I stay in touch with Mike. The rest of you yeah. can go. I do think we accomplished what we set out to do. I just want to say, with all sincerity, not just raise money for our staffs, but just having you guys to talk to through this whole strike was an incredible... I agree, and that was very nice of you to say that uh, on your show there, Seth. You know, I I have to say, I think you guys are... uh, I I liked you all before this, and I like you all even more now that we've done this Yeah, I feel the same way, that I'd always had enormous respect for what you guys do, but... You're all just a great hang. This has been lovely. And as you said, Seth, this is sincerely, we did this for our staffs, but it kept my brain from unraveling right at the moment when I just couldn't hold it together anymore, which was late August. This show was a lifeline for me. It didn't keep my brain from unraveling, but it, it, it would have unraveled more. Okay, fair. <laughs> yeah. Without it. Also, Fallon's episode five is the hardest I've laughed this year. <laughs> yep. Those are laughs that... I'm incredibly really grateful for full laughs. body laughs. Hurt, I don't, hurt I don't my face. think it, I'll ever, it'll get old. I think I can always go no. back to episode five. I think all of this, yeah. all of this I can't place. wait to go back to uh, just listening to the, the Letterman one. And I just, I stopped it because I go, I, I, 
No, not all of it. Not all of it, Jimmy. Just oh. episode five. Really, just episode five. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. I don't know. I'd say I'd say red onions in plastic bags on your feet is worth a mention. That My is worth, only regret that is, is honorable that mention at least. I would put that in the in contenders ring. The only thing we missed was Jimmy texting Letterman's wife questions that would have been interesting wow i mean that we should have john stewart and letterman and ryan back and then do celebrity really what came what an experiment that we did and we did something that was just odd i mean i don't know if anyone can do this again we we do know that we have similar lives or sort of things in common but we don't know much really about our our personal lives and each other and our, our our wives and but even to see our how we produce I mean, you guys are great producers. I mean, you, you know how to get to, like, well, every episode we hosted, but getting things together, Kimmel, we, you got us this, the microphones and the... Yeah, this. Kimmel really drove this whole Kim, thing. Kimmel, you did all of this. Yeah, this, Kimmel. This is all you, yeah. Kimmel. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, but, incredible businessman over there. He just, the guy gets shit done. Really amazing. Oh, yeah. thanks, guys. You know, hey, listen, if there's equipment to be ordered on Amazon, I'm, I'm your go-to guy. <laughs> but... It's weird to call him a great businessman after Ryan Reynolds yeah, was just on. <laughs> Guys like Mint Mobile, yeah. Aviation Gym, Kimmel's Move, yeah. 1,500 t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been such a joy, and I, I really will never, ever uh, forget this. Uh, this is like going to a, a camp or something. I agree. Yeah. It was great. This will be fun to yes. listen to when we're old, too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the rest of our lives, we will be the Strikes Force 5. Hey, um, I just would like to, uh, before we wrap it up, and I feel like we're kind of wrapping it up, I'd like to say that I did Seth and Josh Myers' podcast, which is called Family Trips with the Myers Brothers. And... Seth's brother Josh does something great at the end of this podcast. Of each podcast, he writes an original song Mm -hmm. that recaps everything that happened on the podcast you just heard. And it's really Mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm. And so, Seth, uh, I hope you don't mind. I asked your brother if he would do one for us that recap kind of everything that happened (laughs) over the past 12 years. You're a friend to all. You're a friend to all, Kimmel. I'm not surprised that you went around me. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Josh was kind enough to do that. You guys want to hear it? Yeah. Here it is. Send us off. Josh Myers. A bunch of talk show hosts with shows that went on strike. Their staffs weren't getting paid, wanted to make it right. They suckered Clooney and Reynolds to buy some ads Chatted about wives and what it's like to be dads It was a shit show at the start, but then they hit their stride I hope you have enjoyed Strike Force 5 And then the strike was done And now they celebrate the gains the writers won Colbert told stories of Tacho Samosa's pants Jimmy asked the wives to name a thing that came from France 
don't know what speed you listened at, but I did 2.5. I hope you have enjoyed Strike Force 5. To fill the vacuum for some super chatty guys. I hope you have enjoyed Strike Force 5. Unlike the end of Moby Dick, nobody had to die. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. I hope you have enjoyed Strike Force 5. Moby Dick. Oh, wow. <laughs> Everybody's got a copy of <laughs> Handy. <laughs> that was great. Oh Josh God. Myers from Family Trips with the Myers Brothers. That's Yeah, that was great. Yeah. I can't wait I to can't be wait to have you. Evidently you can. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this podcast would not have happened without another very famous and Great businessman. I guess the two of them, in fact, uh, are amigos at Casamigos, George Clooney and Randy Gerber, who not only did they help us pay our staffs while we're out of work, they provided us with a lot of bottles of Casamigos. Can I just say something about George and Randy? Do you mind if I interrupt? Yeah. They, they started their company, I think I know this, the way kind of we started this podcast. They were on vacation together in Mexico. Do you guys remember that? Oh, were we on vacation uh, together in Mexico? We didn't know. Mm. We didn't plan it. The five of us were yeah, in Mexico was, together. Gosh, what year was it? Gosh, matching sombreros. Was it? Yeah, ninety four sombreros. No, I want to uh, say twenty. No, I want to say eighty. <laughs> no, well, it, it was so much fun. You'll get it. <laughs> we must have had a great time because I don't remember it. Was, any it was of like it. the best. We were just hanging out and we were all singing James Taylor. Yeah. Now I remember. We didn't, weirdly, we, we no. were singing the song no, we Mexico, didn't sing, right? Mexico. No. We sang Carolina, Carolina. right? It was well, we didn't sing Mexico. <laughs> yeah. It was all of us and our girlfriends at the time. Oh my gosh. And we were married. All of us dated one girl. <laughs> She's still there. <laughs> and our girlfriend she at is. the time. Yeah. yeah. She we, was great. We, she was really great. We got better at the podcast and. And worse at the ads. <laughs> <laughs> what a thank you this is to George Clooney. And you know, George Gerber. Clooney was my first guest on my first Late Show. Oh, no. I no. Think, I think that, that was, was on my, line, he was my first was, guest was on the Late Show. Stop stealing my lines. Is that true? Kimmel, he was. He was my first guest. On September 8th, 2015, right? he, was also he was my first, first guest. guest. Then he didn't come back on again oh. for seven years. Uh -huh. He was my first musical guest. <laughs> Because <laughs> Van Morrison quick story, canceled. <laughs> quick story about George Clooney. We did an ER reunion show, and the joke was that no one showed up except for George <laughs> and House and Dr. House. So I'm laying on the table as a patient, and George comes out dressed as a doctor, and he lifts up. He's supposed to do an operation of some kind, and he lifts up my hospital gown and instead of wearing the shorts i was supposed to be wearing i was completely naked and it was a great moment where he george just looked at me naked and he nodded and he went of course <laughs> i was i was with clooney last thursday at the clooney foundation for justice 
benefit at the New York Public Library, and I exposed myself to him there, and he said, oh, this did? isn't the time, but it, this is the place. <laughs> now and forever, Casamigos, the official tequila of the Strike Force 5. Well, muchas gracias, Casamigos. Anybody want to do the tagline, the legal thing? That's hey, the fun Seth, part? Let's, do, let's do it over the top of each other. All right. After three, you know what? One. In honor of the way we've done this podcast from the beginning, let's you and <laughs> so I talk over each other. Let's see get to the this quick enough. <laughs> As, As always, always enjoy responsibly imported by Casamigos Spirits Company, White Plains, New York, 40% alcohol. Perfect. That was absolutely perfect. Yeah. Gentlemen, this has been an honor. It's been an extraordinary honor to uh, spend this time with you. I just, I, I love all of you individually, and, and I love that collectively I'm part of the Strike Force now. Thank you for this incredible experience. I'm happiest when the five of us are together, but also John and I will be doing a show uh, New Year's Eve in Las Vegas. Oh, nice. That's, right. That's yeah. fun. If, Strike if Force in, two. If you're in Las Vegas on New Year's Eve, naturally thinking, oh, I wish I could see John Oliver and Seth Meyers do some stand-up. Yeah. Just like so many people in Las Vegas on YouTube. Just like verbal stand Are you guys stand-up. playing The Sphere? What are you playing, The Sphere? <laughs> are you open for you 2 What are we playing? You're at Caesars, right? We're playing Adele's Theater with a performance that we like to call the opposite of watching Adele. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Vegas last weekend. I was at The Sphere, actually. I yeah. went to see you 2 at The Sphere. And I saw a picture of you guys on one of those digital billboards and it rotates and it'll show you guys and then Adele and then, you know, Gordon Ramsay's restaurant and it goes from, and I wanted to get a picture to send to you guys. And it took, I stood there for 13 minutes and then I missed the picture and I had to go another rotation, another round. And then I took the shittiest picture. Sorry, I tried. Since we started this, I think I've taken like a bunch of photos just that I think individually each one of you would like. Like, didn't I f- take a picture of so- like a T-shirt that said Colbert or something? Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't like remember. But but I'm glad you brought that up, Jimmy, because we did get a great photograph from John Oliver about the, that pirate themed party, and we promised to post it. So we'll put that on our website, StrikeForce5.com. Which, by the way, you know, the podcast may go away, but that website will be there for many, many years to come. So go enjoy. Look at our graphics and you can order T-shirts and hats. <laughs> look and at our graphics. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be any more content than that, but we will put that picture of John Oliver up there. And also, Stephen, we should also put the picture yes. of Samosa's pants. Right. Oh. Can, can we do a screen well. grab of me showing them to Dave? Because, I'm again, yeah. I'm no longer yes, with the pants. that's a good idea. I was briefly with the pants, and now I'm not. Hey, I have a true thing to say. Remember we were talking about how I don't have any merch in the NBC store, which is a true yeah. thing. And, in fact, Kimmel sent me a YouTube video. <laughs> Of like somebody trying to showing the discrepancy between the two, NBC, NBC reached out and said, "Hey, is there anything we can do?" And Fallon Shoemaker and I are like, "Oh yeah, make the shirt Jimmy suggested on the Strike Force Five podcast." So we're gonna make a shirt that says it's time for a, and then in tiny Closer. letters, "Closer Look," and we're gonna put on the tag Jimmy Fallon's idea. Yeah. Nothing would make me happier <laughs> in the whole wide world. I still think that's a great invention. That's. A- that's one. I think it's great, Yoko too. Ono, I like uh, it. Yeah. Yes. That's how they, she met John yeah. Lennon. I think it's great. A closer look. I think you, I think of the late night shows uh, at NBC, you are the John Lennon and I am the Yoko Ono. <laughs> <laughs> People have said that. People have said that. <laughs> hey, let's make one promise here is that we will do this again. And if it's not before then, let's do it on 
right around or on Stephen's 60th birthday. Yeah. What do you guys say? Yes. May 13th of yeah, next year. Fun. I would love it. Fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. it's great. It's a deal. Okay. Uh, forever, guys. Straight. You guys are the best. Thank there's you. A, there's a new F at the end of, of Strike Force 5, and it's forever. Strike Force 5 forever. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. And thank you guys for all your time and doing this. And gosh, I really, really appreciate this. One more the time, Kim. just on sale. They will always be one, on one sale. One last time, and let's all say it together. This has been Strike, Strike Force, Force 5. Force five. five.